Hey kids, this is the Walking Well Podcast and I am your host, Jalon Martz. Thanks so much for tuning in. The Walking Well Podcast was created um, to be a place where we can gather together, learn from each other's bought wisdom so that we can become the people, the women that God has intended us to be. So we have been spending season three really investigating and getting down into the heart of our hearts, into our soul, looking at um, renewing our mind, surviving assault from the enemy. Um, we've talked about self-righteousness and works and perfectionism. We really hit the whole gamut not the whole gamut, obviously, but we've really talked about some um, some pretty integral parts of, of our heart and where we live out of. Um, and today is really no different. It's, we are actually going to be talking about a topic that I've talked about on the podcast before, fear. Um, and it's really kind of an interesting thing because we have an episode, I believe it's season two, episode 16, uh, called Kick Fear in the Face. Um and uh, it's a very passionate title, obviously, but I was kind of hesitant about doing another episode on fear, but I really feel like not only am I in a different season, I think people are experiencing fear in a different kind of way um, than when I originally talked about it on season two of the podcast. And so it just really felt, um, I don't know, I really felt like the Lord was like, yeah, I'll run it again. <laughs> We're going to go one more time or just another time. And um, and so uh, today's episode is titled Haunted by Fear. And so when we did the episode on um, just like what's holding, we did a, a series called What's Holding You Back and Fear was kind of the, the initial episode of that. Um, we just talked about fear being one of those things that like it gets in the way of us living our best life. Um, and I think in this day and age, in this season, even though it was probably about a year ago to the date, um, I feel like there's just been the shift with fear. Um, I've been, I don't know, I'm more sensitive, I think, possibly to um, just how people perceive fear, how they perceive like anxiety and just hearing how people have a, de- a, a tendency to really defend fear. Like it's it's something that it's helpful. We stay alive that way. And there's a healthy fear and just everything in me, especially having walked through fear as a younger kiddo. Um but even in my young adult life, just recognizing like, yeah, no, there's nothing necessary or good about fear, really, ever, um, really kind of brought back, brought home, drove home for me. Uh, it just affirmed what I felt like the Lord was kind of ne- the direction that the Lord was nudging me. And so um, we're going to talk about fear. And I do really feel like anxiety, especially, it's almost like fear is like this umbrella term. And anxiety is kind of like this subsection of fear. And I think you have a lot of different types of other subsections along with it. But I feel like uh, the national brand of fear right now is anxiety. And um, I want to be really mindful to not uh, trivialize or make someone feel shame by talking about fear and anxiety, because I know Uh, There are times when it's like, you just got to do it scared, you know, and it's kind of like that momentary, like, I'm a little intimidated, I'm feeling a little bit scared. And then there's this anxiety that like, almost feels like it's invading your body. Um, (laughs) This is gonna be weird. But it's okay. I've I've said weird things before. I don't know if any of you guys watch Stranger Things. And if you haven't seen it yet, this is a slight spoiler, but you've had a lot of time. So this is on you now. Um, But there was probably like the second to last episode. And there's like this like monster thing that's trying to eat people, right? And take over the city and the like physical, tangible world. Anyway, um, and it's it one of the protagonists is this girl named Eleven. We call her L for short. And the thing like attacked her. She was like fighting it and it attacked her, and it got like a tentacle arm thing on her leg and was trying to like drag her off and eat her. 
eventually the tentacle was like cut off by someone and like, oh, that was fine. We saved her. Awesome. Great. But it like somehow got into it like a piece of the tentacle. <laughs> this is so gross. I'm sorry. A piece of the tentacle actually like got into her leg. Right. And she's like moving around trying to walk and it's like eating her from the inside out. And they're trying to figure out how to get it out. How do we get this out? How do we get this out? And um and I think sometimes anxiety and fear feels like that. It's like this thing that has sunken under our skin and is not letting us go. You guys have, if you've been following season three, have heard me talk about kind of like walking through torment, walking through anxiety, walking through fear um, and dread and just feeling like it's this wet blanket stuck to me that I cannot pull off. Um, and obviously that's not present, but knowing that feeling. And I think um, sometimes the the version of fear that people experience definitely feels like way outside of their control. And so I want to be sensitive to that. But I also just want to reinforce truth, which is that you are empowered, um, which is John 16, three, like, hey, you're gonna have trouble in this world, but take heart because I've overcome. So I really just want to encourage you to not ever take your eyes off of um, the God of impossibilities, you know? And so like, as you're walking through Maybe you're not walking through a season of fear. Know that whenever the word is coming across, it is always preemptive, whether it be for you, for a future season or for the people that are connected to you or someone that you're going to come across. Um, So I don't want you to disconnect and think like, oh, that's not me. I'm not dealing with that. Like, yo, (laughs) so many things are going to come knocking at our door throughout our lifetime. And so if you um, feel like you can't quite relate or it's not quite something that you deal with, put it in your back pocket for later um, because it'll probably (laughs) be useful because Jesus wastes nothing um so i say all that to say we're going to talk about fear um and we're going to talk about it from a slightly different angle so if you didn't listen to kick fear in the face from season two um that's a really good one to kind of start at this is going to take a slightly different angle um to kind of talk about the fear that like stalks (laughs) it's like oh no i'm not going anywhere um because i think that's a fear that's really kind of running rampant so that's my six minute intro so let's hop in So let's look at one of my favorite verses. And I don't think we actually looked at this when um, we talked about fear earlier. So it's John 14, 27. I have mentioned it in other episodes, but I just want to bring this back. And so John 14, obviously it's a gospel. So Jesus is talking and Jesus gives this really beautiful picture of like who the Holy Spirit is, what he's coming to do, how he's going to reveal all truth to us. And that's just really good stuff to like lock and have in your arsenal. But verse 27 in the Amplified has this beautiful breakdown that I think, I mean, I think of the word in terms of like arsenal and weaponry and tools. (laughs) So I think it, it gives a lot of good of that. So Peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In brackets, it says, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. So (laughs) actually, I did mention the scripture when we talked uh, earlier about fear, but I love this verse because there are things that God says are his things. Then there are things that he says, yo, this on you, right? Like pray without ceasing. Um, I need you to guard your heart with all diligence. Don't lean to your understanding. He gives us things that is like, that's going to be your responsibility. I'm a covenant keeper. I'm a covenant upholder. I'm a promise giver. I'm a promise keeper. These are your things, right? And so In the scripture, the Lord's like, okay, so stop allowing yourself to be fearful and intimidated, agitated, disturbed, um, intimidated, cowardly, unsettled. Stop because that's on you. 
you don't have, not, not even that you don't have a reason to fear, because again, I want to be careful that I don't dismiss maybe legitimate feelings of like being shaken up. Um, and to say, and I want to acknowledge this as well. Uh, Isaiah 46 verse three. Um, actually I'm lying. It's Isaiah 43 verse two. I want to read that one to you because, um, the Lord's been kind of sitting with me on that. Uh, obviously Isaiah is like the prophets, right? And so sometimes you're reading it, it's like, what is the significance of this? But it's good. It's good. It's good. So 43.2, Isaiah 43.2 in the Amplified. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched, nor will the flame kindle upon you. I love this verse because God promises to be with you, right? Um, What's hard about the human experience (laughs) is that you are going to go through hard stuff. And even though you'll make it and you'll come out on the other side and God is going to be with you and he's going to turn it all around for your good, like Romans 8, 28 says, your soul still walks through it. And you have to learn how to discipline your soul to not feed off of the senses, the five senses, which you can hear, which you can see, which you can perceive. I added that one in, which you can touch, which you can taste, which you smell. You have to wean your soul off of your senses determining reality. And sometimes your soul comes out of things a little bit bruised and a little bit shell-shocked, right? Like, so sometimes there's still a little just like, okay, so I didn't get burned. I didn't drown. But my soul is still kind of like, whoa, that was rough. (laughs) I don't want to go back there. I never want to live in that season again. Wow. And so even though we're preserved, sometimes there's this little bit of singeing that happens and not singeing, but like your soul gets a little rattled because you walk through it as a human being. And sometimes there are moments you're like, I'm not sure that I'm going to make this. Am I going to come out of this with a sound mind? You know, will my kid come back to the Lord? Like, this health issue, this, this money issue, this family issue, this relationship. Sometimes it's just like, you just, your soul is walking through and it, it's like wanting to wig out. And there's a process to getting your soul off of the senses and walking by faith. When I was in college at UNF for my graduate program, I don't know why I just told you the college I went to. It's irrelevant really. But when I was in my graduate program, um, there's like one main parking lot uh, and it's sometimes like a drag to try to find parking. And the Lord took me through this exercise where it was like, what do you want? <laughs> like, I really don't want it to park in the back and walk five miles to get to class. I really would love to find a parking spot in the first three-ish rows. And Lord was like, okay, cool. So um, you're going to drive around, just circle up and down the aisles and try to listen for my voice, right? To tell you when to turn, where to turn. Don't get agitated. Don't get unsettled. Don't come unglued. Don't be like, I'm never going to find a spot. And I'm going to be late. Like, just chill. Like, learn to lean your soul back into the spirit reality that God has provisioned set aside for you and that if he cares for the birds and if he makes the wildflowers more beautiful than anything that Solomon ever could have purchased and made he's got a parking spot for you because he loves you and he cares about the things that you care about and y'all it's a stupid parking it's a spot it's a spot it's a parking spot but God is so invested in, in helping you understand how he cares for you so that you can recline your soul into the provision, into the love of God, because perfect love casts out all fear. Because truthfully, the anxiousness that I would feel when it was like, I'm gonna be late, I'm gonna be late, I'm not gonna have a, oh my God, oh, you know, all of that was fear. I was afraid. I was afraid that I was gonna be late. I was afraid that I was gonna walk in, everybody's gonna look at me and I was gonna be that late girl. And I was afraid that I was gonna like die of sweat and heat exhaustion walking. To, it was just a bunch of anxiety surrounding this and the exercise the discipline was know that he has provision for you know that even if you're late (laughs) 
it'll be okay. Um, and learn to hear your father's voice. And I so value and treasure that exercise because when my soul wants to come unglued in the midst of circumstances, I have sort of like this, hey, we've been here before. We know how to trust in the heart of God. We know that he's not surprised. We know that he knows what we have need of before we even ask. So let me settle my soul down and lean back into the provision. It's a lot like the story of um, Jesus feeding the 5,000. It was like, where are we going to eat? Where are we? Okay, Jesus, how are we going to feed them? Send them away. And Jesus was like, nah, I got a plan. Um, I've already been thinking about what they're going to eat. I knew that they were going to eat before it dawned on you, disciples. Okay. Um, and he had the people sit down and recline in the grass. And so they had to be in a resting position to be able to receive <laughs> what the provision, the miraculous provision that God, that Jesus was going to work out for them, that God had on his heart for them. Um, and I think fear really does. I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. So. Our job, John 14, 27 says to not, it's to not, do not allow yourself to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, unsettled, or disturbed. That's on you. Don't allow it. That is all within your domain. You know, when we talk about um, Adam and Eve in the garden, the earth was theirs. It was like Jesus, the Godhead, really. They were all three there. Um, Like, hey, take dominion, be fruitful, multiply, cultivate, um, replenish. This is on you. These are your things to do. And so guarding and keeping our minds stayed on the Lord, um, thinking on things that are lovely, just pure, honest, worthy of praise, excellent of a good report. Uh, all of that is us. That's on us. And so when it comes to fear, it's one of those weeds that you it's on you to dig about and not allow to stay there, not permit to stay there. Um, and I want to talk about this little caveat and I want to say, because I got this wrong last time and I had to like fix it. I want to say it's Second Timothy verse 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 haha <laughs> got it right this time so it says for God did not give us a spirit of timidity of cowardice of craven and cringing and fawning fear describe that Jesus but he has given us a spirit of power the ability to get results and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control that's amplified so it threw in a bunch of words but I just want to make a clear de- delineation. I've said before on the podcast, God, good, devil, bad. That's John 10, 10. This is another verse that draws a very clear line in the sand, right? So it's, where does fear come from? Oh, not from God. Okay, so if it didn't come from God, where is fear coming from? And I also want to make a delineation, a distinction uh, between fear and reverence. Reverence is not the same as fear. I reverence my parents. I'm not afraid of them. Because they don't abuse or misuse their power. I have no reason to fear them. Fear comes from the expectation of punishment or abuse or um, misuse of power. Reverence is I honor you in the relationship and who you are to me. Right? Comes from two completely different places. Yet again, we don't need fear. Okay? So, I want to make that distinction. God does not give us a spirit of fear. He does. It just doesn't, I mean, fight me, but I'm not going to fight you because it's just clear. Right? Like, we don't need fear. It's not necessary. It doesn't come from God. He just said it doesn't come from him. So, you know, just if you were thinking about defending it, I just wanted to like just make that really clear. Just put that there for you. So do with it what you will. Um, So let's move on. Another verse. Mark 6 verse. Let's start at verse 50. You're going to hear pages on this one because I actually want to use my Bible. Mark 6 verse 50. So obviously there are 50 verses. So it's a pretty long book. Um, but this one, this story kind of follows another Jesus feeding a multitude of people. 
And um, shout out to my pastor, pastors Derek and Reen, Derek and Selfie Reens, because um, he just like connected this in a beautiful way for me today. So I can definitely link that message, I think, in the show notes if you guys want to check that out. It's bomb, really good. One of those ones where you're just like, okay, I'm drowning in the word. Here we are. Thank you, Lord. So verse 50, um, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's a lot like Mark 4, um, around like verse 30, 39, where the disciples are in a boat and there's a storm, except Jesus isn't sleeping this time. He's, <laughs> he's actually being really hilarious. Um, so let's just, actually, I'm going to pick up at verse 46. I'm sorry. So. Mark 6, 46. And after he had taken leave of them, the disciples, so Jesus left the disciples, he went off into the hills to pray. Now when evening had come, the boat was out in the middle of the lake, and he was by himself on the land. And having seen that they, so the disciples, were troubled and tormented in their rowing. Troubled and tormented. That sounds like fear. Um, Troubled and tormented in their rowing, for the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, so between 3 and 6 a.m., he came to them walking directly on the sea, and he acted as if he meant to pass them by. I have LOL written in my Bible next to that. I think that's funny that Jesus was like, oh, didn't see you there. I'm just taking a stroll. Anyway, but when he saw, when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and raised a deep throaty shriek of, of terror. Verse 50. For they all saw him and were agitated, troubled, and filled with fear and dread. But immediately he talked with them and said, Take heart, I am. Stop being alarmed and afraid. Again, that instruction. And here's the thing about God's instructions. He's never telling us to do something that we cannot do. Within the command is the ability to fulfill it, right? One, we have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead on the inside of us. So really, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, through Christ who empowers me. Um... But he says, stop. Hey, 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 stop being afraid, like chill out. And then I love that he says that I am. So whatever the foundation of the fear is, he's like, I am the answer to that. That's me. Um, I, He has the answer, but ultimately he is the answer. So we talk about like, um, and again, kudos to my pastor because he dropped this little nugget and it was just so good. So I'm giving it to y'all. Um, You know, we talk about, I just need peace. I need sleep. I, just, oh, I need peace. I need peace. And this thing. Like Jesus is peace. He is, he is our peace. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's not necessarily like I'm searching after this, uh, this thing. Oh, gotta be quicker than that. Like, no, Jesus is our peace. And since we're seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places, peace is seated on the inside of us. We, he dwells in us and we dwell in him. He abides on the inside of us. And so don't allow the enemy to make you think that peace is outside of you. No, the peace of God will mount guard over your heart. So he gives us instructions, right? Like Philippians 4 is, again, is that whatsoever things are lovely, just, pure, think on these things. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Um, Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything. I know I quoted that all out of order. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But it's just like the pieces of it are coming together as I'm talking. Um, You know, don't be anxious for anything. Don't be anxious. So I, and I love that that verse gives you the buzzword of anxiety because we play around with anxiety. I'm getting ahead of myself. No, no, don't be anxious. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. What do you want? God, I need sleep. I need rest. I love, it has ministered to me so much that when I was walking through the torment, I slept better than I've, I was some of the best sleep of my life, but that just speaks to how God is a preserver, right? So like, what do you have need? Oh, you need rest. I give my beloved sweet sleep. 
Like you need peace. Oh, I am the prince of peace and I am on the inside of you. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that you don't, you got to no peace is, is within me. And we're going to talk about how to kind of tap into that. Um, verse 52, I want to kind of drop down to in Mark six, because it's super, super good says, um, uh, sorry, 51. And he went up into the boat with them and the wind ceased, sank to rest as if exhausted by its own beating. And they were astonished exceedingly beyond measure. Verse 52, for they failed to consider, understand the teaching and the meaning of the miracle of the loaves. In fact, their hearts had grown callous, had become dull and had lost the power of understanding. Man, like that is so big because God is faithful, which means that um, you have no reason to mistrust him. There's no reason to distrust him. Sometimes in life being hard, it feels like he's not protecting you and not holding up his end of the bargain. But that's a lie because he's still preserving you, even in the midst of that, in the midst of the financial stuff, in the midst of the relational stuff, in the midst of the like the mental, emotional whatever he's still preserving you even though your soul is like oh it's a fire oh my gosh it's a storm i see it and your soul wants to be and your soul has a tendency to be rattled he's still preserving you um but this verse is about putting yourself in remembrance it's like oh wait 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 wait. so here's the thing they had just walked off from jesus providing for the multitude and feeding them and having extra so why wouldn't their heart be convinced that he's going to provide safety? That he's going to, he's going to protect them. That he's going to meet their needs because their heart had grown hard and they forgot. They didn't understand that that was supposed to be a, a, a reminder. So put yourself in remembrance. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I remember there was a time I didn't think that I would ever not be thinking that way or not be believing this way. Or I never thought my body would be whole from X, Y, and Z. I never thought my heart would be healed from X, Y, and Z. I never thought I would be in a healthy relationship ever. I never, I didn't even know what that looked like. Put yourself in remembrance because what is too big for God? Nothing is impossible with God. Um, No word of God will fail. Put yourself in remembrance. What has he done? Um, what, What has he done that you can go, no, you know what? If he did it back there, why would he not do it here? Because he's the same yesterday, for today and forever. He's going to do it for me. Um, so the do part, the, the activity, right? So my first kind of like, first thing we got to do, don't play with fear. Don't play with it. Like above all else, if I could, I just, I can't preach enough how much fear is nothing to be played with. Um, we just got a dog. And... Um, He's super cute, super great. His name is Rue, not like kangaroo, but like Rue, like the base of like a gravy or like a gumbo. And um, I'm learning a lot with a dog, (laughs) Uh, a puppy, especially because he's definitely a puppy. But um, sometimes I think uh, so with him. Right. So he's a puppy and puppies do this thing like puppy biting where they're like just gnawing on your hand. It doesn't really hurt because they got, you know, they got puppy teeth and they're cute. And sometimes you're just like, oh, nibbled on my finger i talk in that voice a lot with him which i don't know where it comes from but i mean it's like playful and it's not really like threatening right but like i'm kind of the stickler in the house like i'm like the the sergeant or whatever because i'm like yo you're gonna be a big dog one day and i don't want you to think that it's okay to gnaw and bite on human hands and fingers because when am i going to introduce to you that is not okay like i need to be doing that now like um Because when you get big, 
and get older and display like real real aggression um that's big that's big problems that is huge problems um so i say that to say like with him when he bites my finger i'm like no that is rude we do not bite fingers fingers are not food no sir and we've had moments where like um like i'll pop his nose and he's kind of strong-willed because animals have personalities i guess um He's strong-willed and I will, uh, he'll like bite when he first came. He was like gnawing on my hand and I was like, no, sir. And he didn't respond to words. And so I just did a light little pop on his nose and he like came back from my finger and I was like, uh, no, and hit him a little harder. And he like came back with it. And I was like, uh, no, and hit him a little bit harder than that. And he was like, oh, okay. All right. I don't want no more. I don't want no more. Um, and I say that to say, you want to deal with fear when it's a puppy. Like, deal with it now. Don't tolerate and cozy up to fear. Because it's it's sort of easy to kind of like, oh, it's just, I'm just like so anxious. Like, oh my gosh, I have like, oh, crowds make me anxious. Like, push back, right? Because at some point it's going to be a full-grown fear. It's going to be a menacing fear. And it may not be that exact type of fear, um, but it will definitely try to show up in your life as a full-grown type of fear some other area possibly later down the road but if you've just cozied up with fear and let it nibble on your fingers um when it becomes something that'll that'll draw blood um when it becomes something that's like trying to prophesy death over you over your relationships trying to steal your joy through anxiety and your ability to um enjoy your life when it's like a full-grown aggressive type of fear and then you want to be like no, it's growling and snarling and maybe intimidating you. And for like going back to the dog analogy, I never, I don't want to be afraid of this dog, first of all. Second of all, um, he needs to learn pecking order, right? So even if you've cozied up to fear and now you've got this large snarling thing that's trying to tell you what you're going to do and where you're not going to be and what you're not going to do, you have authority. Um, and like people, you know, if you've ever had a dog, you know, you can train a dog when it's older. It might take a little bit more time because those habits have been ingrained longer. But as long as you're consistent and you stand your ground, even with this puppy, he was like, I know I want to nibble your finger. Oh, well, that didn't really hurt. Mm, That's not bad. Oh, okay. That would hurt. That would hurt. I don't want none of that. You you stay consistent. Don't allow your fears to bully you and intimidate you into taking whatever they're going to box you into. Absolutely not. Um, Don't don't allow it. Don't allow it. Um. So deal with it now. Don't tolerate it, even at the little seedling, sapling level. Um, Especially, like I mentioned this before in the other episode, like with parents, like don't. Sometimes I think as parents, we don't realize we, I'm a dog parent, maybe. Um, Not really, because I don't believe in that. Plant mom, maybe. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Sometimes there's this this reactionary parenting, this kind of like fear-based I'm jumping down your throat because I'm afraid of the decisions you're going to make. I'm afraid that you're going to scrape your knee. I'm afraid of whatever, whatever, whatever. And the reality that every human being has to accept is that one, you cannot change um, a person and you can't, you can't make them do anything, (laughs) like anything. Um, And I think kids really teach you this. Being a a therapist definitely teaches you this. You're just like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the coping skills. This is like one of those things in the field, coping skills. You know, all the things that you ought to do. You're not supposed to cuss out the teacher. You're not supposed to flip the desks. You don't need to be running off. We talked about this and you even agree in session. Why are you still doing all the things that you know better than doing? Ooh, because I'm just not ready. I'm not, I haven't bought into it. I don't want to. 
Um, and so there's no changing people. Like, I don't know. Don't parent out of fear. Um, don't allow fear. Don't allow your child to cozy up to fear. Like challenge that and, and give them the word and, and let them see you pushing back on fear. Um, demonstrate that before them because I think fear tries to take out people on the regular and there's just this aggressive form of fear right now that people are just chilling with and medicating and like smoking and to deal with and it's just like no absolutely not Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and even if that's not the smoking part unless that's legal where you are maybe i don't know i don't know if i co-sign that Ooh, i'll cut that out later maybe i won't anyway um i just want to encourage you to not medicate and try to don't try to like placate fear don't be like okay i won't do that then okay i won't say that then like um you need rest and as a believer like peace is your birthright confidence and boldness is your birthright don't this life is long but life is short and um no mm -mm, just no you should be able to live life it's been purchased for you the price was costly um to live a life free of fear. Not that fear is not going to try to nip on your finger every now and then. Because Ruth certainly does. I'd be like, did you forget? Because we don't bite. <laughs> we we don't. He's like, oh, that's right. You meant that. Okay. No, I'm not going to bite you, girl. I was, play- I was playing. Look, I'm licking your finger. Like, yeah, I'm going about your business. Um, fear is the same way. You deal with it while it's small. Um, you don't tolerate it in any form or fashion. If you've gotten to the point where it's a big old dog. Cool, 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 cool. It submits to pecking order. Fear respects authority. Okay. All day long. Do not be afraid. Um, do not be afraid. Jesus says that. Angels show up and say that. Do not be afraid. Mm-mm. Don't be scared. Mm, cool, cool. I'm with you. I am. Don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed. I'm with you. Don't be afraid. I've already overcome. You don't have to be scared. You might have to stand your ground for a little bit while it tries to bark you down and tries to snarl you down, but you still run this. And so you stand there like you run this. And I'll tell you what you do once you stand there like you run this. So the other part of this is that you have to learn how to see your enemy and his strategy. So there's a verse in 1 Peter 5 where it talks about the enemy going about like a roaring lion. And I think fear is very much so like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Don't give him an in. We, I mean, I kind of already talked about this and said that. But a lot of times the enemy does this Hansel and Gretel thing where he drops little crumbs and little pictures and little scenarios where it's like, oh, it'll go this way and oh, they're going to reject you and oh, this happens and that'll happen and this and that and this and that. That's imagination. He's using your own creative power against you. And so if you have the creative capacity to follow along with a plot that he's feeding you, you have the creative ability to go, oh, is that what you're projecting? I'm going to believe the exact opposite. God will come through for me. They will accept me. And even if they don't accept me, God is with me. So things always go well for me wherever I am. I carry the blessing. I carry life within me. So my child will live and not die. I speak life over my spouse. I speak life over my finances. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I refuse untimely death because you promised to give me a long and satisfying life life i have angels ministering preservation protection and like you just go in on him and we're gonna talk about why you go in on him but you believe the exact opposite you lean into the exact opposite um second corinthians 10 verse 5 says we cast down imaginations and that's really what the enemy is up that's what he's up against he's trying to create an imagination on the inside of you because your belief is powerful your belief brings things to you job says the thing that i feared has come upon me fear is a type of belief just like faith is belief. Faith is belief in a positive outcoming of things going well for you according to the promise of God. Fear is the opposite. It's belief in the direction that things will not go well. Expectation of punishment. 
expectation of, of doom. Your, your belief draws things to you. And so he's trying to use your creative power against you. Not so. That's why you do not allow. No, this is my, this is my creative power. This is my authority. You will not hijack that. No, thanks. No, sir. Because the enemy's defeated. He doesn't actually have power. The only ability he has is suggestion. That's all he's got. That's what he did in the garden of Eden. He was like, did God say, okay, you, you went with that. You took a bite on that. All right. So God, mm -mm, he lying to you. Like that's his MO. It's to call and to question the word of God because you are the one that has power. He does not. So fear is just him trying to create this picture, create an imagination of things not going well. Anyway, I was a huge soapbox. So you cast down imaginations, right? But then you got to know how to see him. So who is he? Oh, well, he's uh, like Ephesians 4 says, Jesus led captivity captive when he descended. Um, so he died, died. Okay, so, okay. Mm, I can't get into that. Your foe is defeated. The enemy is defeated. God delivers from the opponent that's too strong for us, like Psalms 18, 17 says. And one of my favorite verses, it's, uh, you'll see it in Matthew 12, 29 and Mark 3, 27. Jesus forever is in the like presence of um, like Pharisees and Sadducees. And they're like, you know, what? the only reason he could do what he can do is because Satan has empowered him to do it. And Jesus turned around like, man, that don't make no sense. Make that make sense. Like if Satan has empowered me and I'm driving out demons, isn't he then divided against himself? A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. However, comma, um, if I have come and in doing this by the power of God, himself uh that would mean that i have bound up the strong man and ransacked his house like i plumb jacked this fool like he's bound and i took all his stuff <laughs> that's what you're seeing happen the kingdom of god has come and so you need to know that that's who you're dealing with you're dealing with a bound uh, a bound used to be strong man and it's again one of those things like a fixed fight like when you know he can't swing back you take some sucker punches <laughs> you like ha yeah mm -hmm. how'd i feel you know um He's bound. He's not powerful. He's trying to create the illusion like a roaring lion, but it doesn't say that he is one. And he's seeking whom he may. That has, that means he has to be allowed to devour. He has to have opportunity, which means you're still in power. You don't give him opportunity. He may not devour you. He will not devour you because none can, none can take out of God's hands. None is more powerful than him. The enemy is just trying to tell a prophetic lie, hoping that you'll use your power, your creative energy, your creative authority to believe him and empower the lie. Absolutely not. We're not empowering the lie. He has no truth in him. That's the other thing. He's spinning lies all day long. If his mouth is moving, he's lying. And you have to get that reality in your mind. So when he paints a picture of an accident happening, of your kid, you know, something terrible happening at school, of you being called into your boss's office and humiliated, whatever the fear is, whatever the thing you wake up dreading is, Mm -mm. it's a lie just believe the opposite because he's lying <laughs> like that's the this is the like the life hack he's lying whatever the fear is he's lying and and here's the crazy thing even if that exact thing happened god knows how to be so good and gracious and with you think about joseph's life like worst of worst of worst luck and god was consistently with him and made things go well for him not that that's what you want, right? Like you're not really wanting a pit sort of situation, but God was with him and he was eventually the second most powerful man in command in Egypt, which was running things back in the day. So I digress. But um, Jesus led captivity captive. The enemy is a defeated foe. You have to know that. The other thing you have to know is you got to hit the root of it. So, okay, like process with the Lord. What's happening? What is he trying to get at? What is he, what is he lying about? Um... Because once you figure out what he's digging at, the truth that he's trying to dig and, and dislodge from your heart, um, from the soil of your heart, then you can just kind of reverse engineer that thing. Okay, Lord, 
he's trying to come at my sense of, of provision. So let me go find a scripture that speaks a promise that, that guarantees my provision. Because we had the example, we have the example of how to deal with the enemy in Matthew 4, when Jesus was led by the spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, right? So the enemy is like talking to him like, hey, uh, you hungry, bro? Why don't you turn that stone into bread? Oh, man shall not be fed by bread alone, but by the word of God. I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you guys. My nose might, is kind of stuffy. So if I sound kind of stuffy and congested, it's because I am. But pray for your girl because we don't have time. Um, I'm realizing as I'm like sniffing, like, oh, that's a bad look, bad sound. Anyway, um, Jesus showed us how to deal with him. He was like, no, I'm gonna quote the word to you. Now, this is why you got to know the Lord for yourself and know his character and not just know a bunch of memorize and garage a bunch of scriptures. Um, the enemy quoted word back to him, got a little, little, uh, little creative in there right there and said, yo, yo, yo. So I'm gonna take you to the top of this, um, precipice, the top of the city, the heights of the city. Um, just cast yourself down because like, doesn't the word say, I see, you know, the word Jesus, let me, po- let me quote something back to you, uh, that he has given his angels charge over you to bear, bear you up in their hands. So you dash your foot against the stone. And that can get real foggy if you don't know the nature of God. And if you don't know how to rightly divide the word, which is not as crazy as it sounds, as intense as it sounds, it's about knowing the father's character and nature because you're around him, because you spend time with him, that you can divide and know like, oh, he's not saying be reckless. Okay, that's not what he's saying. He's saying he's going to protect you and keep you. So I'm not going to test the Lord and be like, Lord, won't you won't you protect me? Like, no, I'm not doing that. And he quoted back the scriptures to Satan. That's our example. And that's our model. When you find yourself. So like, let me see for me, when dread was like soaking me, <laughs> the the thing I said, I was like, Lord, what is this? Like, where is this coming from? Like, we, I can't be doing this. I'm not here for it. You know how I feel about my peace. Um, and, and so I sat with the Lord and was like, where, what is he digging at? What is he getting at? And one of the fears was like just being overwhelmed that I was going to have a day that felt like I was drowning and I, and I was, you know, falling into a hole that I couldn't get myself out of. And I so I was afraid of being overwhelmed. Um, and so the Lord brought me to, uh, I think it's Isaiah. Oh, is it Isaiah 43 too? I told you I'm doing better, but you know, I tried. Isaiah 43 too. Exactly. Yeah, that's the verse that talks about. We just read it. You're not going to hear pages turning this time. I'm on my phone this one. Isaiah 43 verse two. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched, nor will the flame kindle upon you. And I love that overwhelmed is in that verse because it's like this direct overshadowing of the fear by a promise. So you will not be overwhelmed. Um, You will not drown. (laughs) Um, The fire is not going to even it's not going to kindle upon you. It's not going to burn you. That's the promise. So when I was waking up and being like, what is today going to bring? I don't even do, will I make it? <laughs> I'm afraid of what today holds literally. Um, and it was like, no, you will not be overwhelmed. Um, the other thing I was like, one of the fears was just like this feeling of being cut off from the Lord. Like I'm on my own. I'm free falling. Oh my gosh, God's not going to catch me. And it was Hebrews 13, five. I will not, will not, will not leave you, forsake you or leave you helpless. I won't, I won't do it. Nope. And so like, that is how you wage your war. But it's not really a war because the war's been won. These are skirmishes. These are battles. These are, this is a loser trying to still throw stones at you, even though like he's been declared a loser. 
But that's fear, right? Like fear is how do I push you down so that you don't ever inherit the promise? How do I, if I can't keep Jesus from dying on the cross, shedding his blood so that you can be redeemed, maybe I can make life so miserable you don't want to live it. Maybe I can keep you from declaring the glory of God and tasting of the Lord and seeing that he is good. Maybe I can keep you from enjoying the inheritance that the sacrifice has purchased. Maybe that's the only bit of win I get in this massive loss. Don't allow it. Not on your watch. Not for us. And man, like, I think these are the moments that we sh- we prove that God is superior. That like while the world is medicating, also not anti-medicine. If you need your meds, please feel free to take them. We take our Tylenol and say our prayers. Amen. Um, but while the world is reaching for all this stuff that's failing them. Oh, man, I got the Prince of Peace. I sleep well at night. I lie down in safety. My soul is at rest like a weaned child. That is our inheritance in the Lord. And so I just encourage you, you know, we talked about kick fear in the face. Yo, I'm about slaying fear, killing it off entirely. Like I'm completely, my pastor said this, and it's been something that reverberates in me now and then. I'm completely disconnected from fear. Where when I find it, even when it like, oh, I forgot to give you guys this. I'm so sorry. This is key. Um, One of the things that I practice, I know this episode is longer. I'm so sorry. One of the things that I practice is saying the word out loud. So there are moments to this day, but again, believe in God that this ain't forever. Amen. Um, There are moments where fear tries to rise up. And sometimes I, I try to take the time to really get to the bottom of it. Like, what are you afraid of? Like, what is what is he trying to tell you? What, what's the lie he's trying to sell you? I've gotten really good now these days to be like, I will not be afraid. And I say it out loud. I will not be afraid. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I might throw out something, you know, a particular scripture, but just in general, I will not be afraid. The word says, do not fear. I'm not afraid. I will not be afraid. I will not be cowardly, intimidated or unsettled. I will not be afraid. And it is phenomenal to me. Beautiful, amazing, and just a testament to how real God is. That it just like, just falls down. It's like, oh, you're not going to be afraid. No, I'm not going to entertain you. I'm not going to be afraid. Sorry. Not sorry. Not today or tomorrow or next year ever. I will not be afraid. Um, But that's that speak the word only thing, right? Like, oh, you're a person of authority. Speak the word. And I know that it's just, it's going to be handled. So that's my encouragement as you go into your week, that you go into your week big, man. Go into your week so big, just knowing who you are. Step into your workplaces, sit in your cubicle, right? You know, drive your bus, whatever you do, sit in it big. Knowing that the God of the universe is on the inside of you and empowers you and is moving through you. And yo, be a person of influence, be a person of integrity, be a person that like, that brings the light of God, that the kingdom is carried within. So I encourage you. I love you. Um, if there's, again, anything that we could pray for you for, you can always email walkingwellpodcast at gmail. If you don't follow us on Instagram, you should, um, because... I am purposing to create community through social media. I am so not a social media guru, but I love connecting. And so I'm definitely posting questions and I'll um, definitely probably post about the ways that you have decided, chosen, found to deal with fear. Um, Because I think that, again, that's the whole goal of the Walking Well podcast, that our bought wisdom can be shared amongst ourselves and passed along so that our lives and our generations go forward. So 
definitely connect that way. If this has been good to you, please share it, post about it, tell your friends, um, because this is meant to bring and, and to move life lives forward so that people can be free, that they can experience the good life that God has promised um, in his word and through Jesus. If you haven't um, subscribed to the podcast, definitely do that. And then if you haven't rated it yet, we have 16 ratings on um, iTunes, guys. And I know more than 16 of you guys listen. I have stats. I can see where you are. (laughs) But um, if you haven't rated it, please, please, please do that. It helps people find the podcast. Um, And if you'd love to leave a review, I love reading the reviews. It's just really cool to see kind of like this little bit of obedience and how Jesus reflects it back. And it's like, see, look at people being able to be blessed. (laughs) Aren't you glad you said yes? So um, that's always encouraging to me. But obviously, it's not a me thing. We want to get like the podcast out to people that need to hear it and need um, to hear what God has to say to them about their lives, where we live every day. So be great. Enjoy your week. Be big. Take up space. Let Christ reign in you and bring his influence and bring the influence of the kingdom wherever you go this week. I love you. Bye.